Aloha, people of God. This is your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you today live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. So today, unlike most of the time I come on here, I actually have my title. The title is ready, y'all. It's ready. (laughs) I'm so happy about this, right? Okay, okay. So I got the title and I got the scriptures and everything, everything. So uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give you the title first. I'm gonna give you the title and then we're gonna get into it. <sighs> now, nah, actually, I'm gonna pray. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to represent you, Father, uh, to your sons and daughters, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Father God, thank you for this word, God, that I believe you have given me through the Holy Spirit. I pray that uh, my brothers and sisters would not be moved. Uh, you know, by the smoothness of my talk or whatever. I mean, you gave me the gift of gab, but that's not what it's about. It's not about the persuasion of words that Paul talked about, right? Father, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the words that you give me will penetrate the heart, Almighty God. And uh, I pray that they would find good soil, good fertile soil, God, and that the words would grow and produce some 30, some 60, some 100-fold, Father. I ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus, your precious son. Amen. All right. So let's get it. Let's get it. So I'm actually sitting in the parking lot of Walmart. I'm here on purpose, on purpose, under the shade of a tree in my car. Okay. Y'all are like, man, dude, please give us the title. already. What's the title? Right. All right. All right. Here we go. The title is. The art of breathing in a Martian atmosphere. That's the title. The art of breathing in a Martian atmosphere. All right. So here's a backstory right quick. Because I'm the man of a billion backstories. Okay, okay. So anyway, so I... From time to time, I tell you guys that what I like to do is I will take a particular period of time and I'll give myself like a holiness challenge. So usually it's like a 90 days to holiness challenge. Right. And during this time. Which I also usually couple with the Nazarite vow. But at any rate, what I do is I say, hey, you know, I'm not watching any ungodly TV. I'm not watching any ungodly movies. I'm not listening to any ungodly music. I'm just not doing it. I'm setting myself aside. I'm consecrating myself unto the Lord for the work and the service of the Lord. Okay? It doesn't just happen. You you set yourself apart for the Lord. If you say, hey, I want to be one of these, you know, the Bible talks about how the house has many vessels, you know, in the house, right? Some things are used for noble purposes. Some things are used for ignoble purposes. So like a toilet is used for ignoble purposes. You don't want to be the toilet, right? But then there's things that's used for noble purposes, right? You you want to be that thing that's used for a noble purpose. Well, if you want to be that thing or that person, that vessel that's used for a noble purpose, then you have to set yourself apart. Okay. In other words, you just can't do what everybody else is doing. You look through the Bible and you see the people that walked in the Bible with with great power and they had uh, a great proximity and, and great intimacy with the Lord and with Holy Spirit and with Father. These people, they didn't live like everybody else lived. You have to understand it, right? They didn't do what everybody else did just because everybody else was doing it. No, they understood that they had to live a particular way to approach God if they were expecting to live that manner of lifestyle. You understand? To acquiesce that power of the Holy Spirit, they understood that They needed to live a holy lifestyle and they they could easily look around them and see in the nations that they were in, whether it was a godly nation or an ungodly nation. If it was a godly nation, that's one thing. More often than not, that wasn't the case. Right. (laughs) Right. If it's an ungodly nation, then you already know you're not going to get to a holy God 
by adopting and living the unholy, ungodly practices of the country that you live in. That's that should be a no brainer as this is, you know, a, a podcast for the mature Christians, you know, as a baby Christian. OK, I, I can understand because baby Christians are going to make, you know, they don't know yet. And so they might make excuses, right? Oh, no, you know, it's okay. I can do this. No, it's not okay. <laughs> okay, if you're a baby Christian and you're listening, I'm telling you, it is not okay. All right, but we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. So I'm on, I'm on one of these particular periods where I've set myself apart for the Lord, for holiness, right? Actually, it's for the rest of this year. Okay, I think I started like a month ago and I said, I'm going to do it for the rest of this year, right? And uh, so, you know, certain things I've cut out. I just, I don't do though. If it's worldly, I'm not doing it. That's just that, right? I don't play that. There's no compromise on it. You do it or you don't do it. If you make a promise to God, then you need to keep your word on that. So this uh, that's a whole nother lesson. I'll just say this very quickly. If you make a promise to God, don't be like, you know, yeah, I don't have to keep my promise to God. I don't have to. God is going to hold you to that promise. I didn't plan on going here, but obviously it's important. So when I was much younger as a Christian uh, in my first marriage, oh, man, I remember I had this car. <laughs> that was my Nissan Sentra, right? That I actually paid for and eventually would get towed and I lost it, right? Even though I fully paid for it. That's a whole nother story. But, but my... My wife at the time, who struggled with a substance abuse problem, she, we had separated and she went to another island, right, with the the child that we had at the time. At that time, I only had one child, right? She was a little baby. So I, I remember, I remember making a promise to God that, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to move this car because I knew my my I think it was like my license and registration and title. It was all expired. You know, this was during the period when I was like homeless, not homeless, but didn't have money. You know, I was broke as a joke. And so I was driving. around. I was driving around on this. Well, I'm parked under trees. Sorry about that loud noise. A big pod just fell on my car anyway. Lord, please protect me. So anyway, I was driving around. Um. In this car, it was illegal, right? I mean, if, if something had happened or the police had pulled me over, honestly, they could have given me tickets, right? I wouldn't have gone to jail, but I would have got tickets, which I didn't have money to pay for. anyway. So I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm going to obey the law. I'm going to do what's right. And I'm not going to drive this car again until it's fixed. And I was, you know, taking the bus and whatnot for some time, for some months or whatnot, um, I did mention that me and her had separated. You know, she went to move to a different island, her and our daughter. So all of a sudden, one day I got a call from her and it was like, hey, you know, oh, I need to come back. I'm, I'm coming back to Oahu. I'm, I'm coming back today. You know, I, I just out of the blue. And I'm like, whoa, I, we didn't discuss. I don't know anything about it. It was like, you got to pick me up from the airport. You know, I'll, I'll be there at so-and-so time, you know, make sure you're at the airport to pick me up, me and your daughter. Right. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh God. Now. Oh no, 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 no. Actually I was literally in church. I was in church and I got the call that she, her and my daughter just arrived on Oahu out of the blue and she was all distraught and oh my god I need you to come pick me up in the airport I was like oh 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 uh oh okay um yeah I'll, I'll come and pick you up now the only way I could get to the airport you know in a decent amount of time was to just to jump in my car jump in my car which I told the Lord I would not drive but I did drive it and, I, and my mind was like oh you know it's not a big deal. I know I told the Lord, but he knows why I'm doing it, right? And I jumped in my car. And first I did say, Lord, sorry. You know, I know I told you this. I, I'm sorry. But you know how you say something to the Lord, but it's like you kind of like putting your head down, like, you know, like the dog that knows it ate the turkey and it, you know, off the table. and It's wrong. It's kind of looking down like, you know, you know, you're wrong. I know I'm wrong, you know. So you're kind of saying it 
But you're still going to go through with that thing anyway. I done made up my mind. I'm going to break the promise I made to the Lord and jump in my car and go to the airport. So I'm driving over to the airport. And what happens? A police officer pulled me over. Woo! Out of the blue, right? There really was no reason why this police officer should have pulled me over. I wasn't speeding. I, I, I mean, I don't think he saw that my tags were expired or whatnot. No, no, that is what it was. He saw my tags were expired. So he pulled me over. It was broad daylight. So he's pulling me over and I'm praying. I said, Lord, I know this is you. I know this is you. I'm so sorry. I gave you my word. I would not drive this car. And here I am driving it. Lord, I'm so sorry. I gave you my word. I am sorry. I'm telling you, I will. If you let me go, I won't drive this car again. I'm still I'm going to go get my wife and, and daughter and then I'm going to park the car when I get back home. I'm not going to drive it again until I get, you know, the paperwork right. Then, you know, the, the police officer walks up to me. I give him all my papers and well, you know, I pulled you over. And I was like, uh, my tags. He is like, yes, it's expired. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I know that my, and I came clean. I said, listen, I know that my tags are expired. I gave him this long song in this story, which was the truth. Oh, my wife and daughter and how we were separated. And I just got, to, I was in church and I just got this call and she was all crying and stuff. I need to come get them from the airport. And you know, I, I, I'm not gonna, I just, I just need to go get them. And then I'll go back home and then I'll park the car. I'm not going to drive it until I get it. You know, I get the paperwork legalized. And the, guy, and, the, and the police officer said, OK, you know, you know, you're wrong, though, right? You know, I could give you a fine. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I said I wouldn't have moved it. I actually haven't driven it, honestly, for like a month or so, because I know that. But an emergency came up and I need to go get them from the airport. But I, I give you my word. I will park it. You know, I'll get them and park it. And then he said, okay, I tell you what, I'm not going to give you a fine. Now, listen, my insurance was expired. <laughs> my safety check was expired. My registration was expired. So this man, I mean, he could have given me tickets on all three counts. He didn't. He said, I'm going to let you go. Right. Remember to keep your word. You know, and that was that. Have a good day. So I knew that was God. Right. Oh, man, I knew that was God. Right. I went and got him from the airport and then I kept my word. I did park my car. I didn't move it until I got my paperwork done. Okay. Another backstory to a backstory. So anyway, the point is, listen, if you give your word to God, God takes that seriously. You might not take it all that seriously, right? Because you don't take keeping your word all that seriously. See, integrity may not be a big deal to you yet. And at that time in my life, integrity was not a big deal to me yet. I was starting to grow in it, right? But I didn't keep my word. And the Lord checked me on that. He checked me on it, right? So I'm just telling you, listen, make sure you keep your word, okay? If you give God your word, keep it. He expects you to keep it, okay? And there's a scripture that talks about that, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay, so anyway, so, you know, I have this vow before the Lord, and what I'm going to do all the way through this year, right? So, you know, midnight, January 1st, I'm released from the vow. Okay? I'm released from the vow, right? So if I wanted to watch a movie, I'm not going to watch some ungodly movie January 1st. But if I wanted to, I could. If I wanted to eat some, some, some raisins or I wanted to drink some grape juice or even drink, get a glass of wine, you know, I could do that stuff January 1st, right? Hey, you want to listen to, you know, some old ungodly music? Okay. January 1st, you can do that, right? Because I gave my word to the Lord. That that's what I'm going to do. And I keep my word to the Lord. Okay. So I got up this morning. I spent time with the Lord. It was crazy early, maybe like three, four-ish, four in the morning, something like that. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the beach. So I went to the beach to see the sunrise, basically, right? Went up there, took a nap in the car, you know, kind of chilled out, ate some food that I brought with me or whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym because I'm going back to the gym. I'm working out. 
<clears throat> and uh, man, I know this is taking a while, but <laughs> I it is actually going somewhere. Bear with me, right? So on the way back home, you know, I work out now on base at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, right? So I'm like, man, I just go to the base. But then the thought occurred to me, I don't have my headphones. Because see, I packed for the beach. I had my Bible and journal and food and water and all that stuff. But I hadn't planned on going to the gym afterwards. So I didn't bring my headphones. So in my thought, I was like, man, I, I don't want to drive back home. That's almost an hour away. And then I got to drive back, you know, basically just to get my headphones. But then I thought about what type of music is in that gym. What type of environment is in the gym? It's a gym, right? So, you know, there's people working out. Everybody's in tight clothes and whatever, right? You know, there's in any gym you go in, there's going to be lots of lust. There's going to be lust and in, in, in sexual immorality in there. There is, right? And then you got this worldly, ungodly music blasting in the background right so when i thought about the environment i said uh nah lord i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna keep my word to you i'm just gonna drive home get my headphones and then drive back to the gym and so when i got home and i got my headphones the thought occurred to me like how important it is like most people don't most christians don't understand the environment that they live in it's, it's so toxic. The world, this planet, you know, since Satan and his fallen angels and the demons are here, you know, the world fell in sin. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, you know, humanity fell. Now we're the world was in a fallen state, as we say. Right. And and Satan is the God of this world. Jesus even says Satan is the God of this world. Right. The people of this world, they don't worship Jesus. They worship Satan in all his various forms. Some of them just outright, they know it's Satan and they just outright worship him. Some of them worship him under different names that he uses to deceive people. But it's all the same lying devil. Okay. So anyway, I thought about the environment and I said, man, you know, what? I can't, I gotta, I gotta share this with the people. They, they don't understand. It's like they're living on a planet. What you know, where the life's, where the, uh, where the atmosphere is unbreathable. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. So that's where this whole thing came from. Right. 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 The art of breathing in a Martian environment or in a Martian atmosphere. So I want to read to you guys right quick. I am going to I am. I do have some scriptures. Don't worry about that. I got some scriptures for you. Uh -huh. Where is it? Bear with me, please. So I Googled, can we breathe on Mars? You know, I grew up as like this sci-fi guy, right? With, you know, all of this. I'm watching all these sci-fi movies and stuff. You know, they're visiting all these other planets. And the first thing that they always want to know is, you know, hey, is this a planet that can support life? Is it a planet that can support life or not? Right. So they always check first. Right. So. According to Google, it says the atmosphere on Mars is mostly made of carbon dioxide. It is also 100 times thinner than Earth's atmosphere. So even if it did have a similar composition to the air here, humans would be unable to breathe it to survive. Right. If we ever send astronauts to explore Mars, they will have to bring their own oxygen with them. OK, so. You look at this world. This world is a fallen world. OK, it's a fallen world. It's basically toxic to a Christian. So just like you can't go and breathe on Mars, you go to Mars and you try and breathe. You already know you're dead. You already know every human knows this. Right. You cannot go breathe on Mars. Just like trying to go underwater and breathe. God did not give humans gills. So humans cannot breathe underwater. If you try and breathe underwater, you're going to die. Right. You'll be able to swallow water at first, but then after a very short amount of time, you're just going to die. Right. So let's see what the scriptures say. Let's see what the scriptures talk about. Right. Let's pull this up right quick. So the first scripture. I'm going to read is Romans 12 verses one and two. And it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This 
is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that's Romans 12, 1 through 2. Okay? So that's the first thing right there, right? And, and the center part of that is about offering your bodies, offering you, right? Offering your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Okay? So there's a focus right there, right? This is your impetus. This is why you do what you do. Like I said, if you want to set yourself apart for, for the Lord, if you want to set yourself apart to do a good work for the Lord, it doesn't just happen, right? You live in a toxic world, right? Satan is here. The fallen angels are here. The demons are here. People that they think they mean well, but they're actually under the influence of Satan, right? All of this is toxic to a Christian. This whole world system is anti-Christ, right? It is. It's not set up for Christ. And this is why they use the Lord's name in vain. But if you was to take some other fault, if you was to take a false God, no one uses a false God's name as a curse word, right? They only use the Lord's name. Why? Because Satan and his, his fallen angels, they run this entire planet. They run it and they hate God. You have to remember that. Okay. You're not just like, like everybody else. If you're a Christian, you're a new creature. The Bible says you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You're not the same person that came out of your mother's womb. You might look the same in the mirror. You might kind of sound the same. People might think you're the same. But according to the word of God, you are a new creature, a new creation. All right. So let's go ahead and read the second scripture. Before we do a breakdown. All right. The second scripture, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12, verse 14 says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. What does that say? It's telling you that without you being holy, without you living a holy lifestyle, don't think that you're going to see the Lord. Don't think that you're going to see the Lord in a pleasing way. See, everyone's going to see the Lord, right? Because the Bible says that, you know, authority to judge has been granted unto the son. So Jesus is going to judge everyone. So you will see the Lord, but it may not, it's, it's not going to be in a favorable light. Okay. Why? He tells you, you have to live a holy lifestyle. You just can't go to church and say the prayer. And a lot of Christians or people that believe they're Christians, They've gone to church. They said the prayer, but they're still living like they've always lived. Right. In other words, if you ask them if they're living a holy lifestyle, they would be like they would be nonplussed about it. Right. In other words, they'd be like, um, I don't I don't know. I never I never thought about that. Well, and if that's the answer, then the answer really is no, you're not living a holy lifestyle because to live a holy lifestyle it's done on purpose. It is done with intentionality. You don't just happen to live a holy lifestyle. It doesn't work like that, right? You're a human in a fallen condition, in a fallen world that is being influenced and bombarded every single day by the things that are on radio, TV, music, magazines, social media, and other people around you that are not godly and living their lifestyle and looking at you like you're crazy and something is wrong with you. So you are being influenced. So there is no way that you could just say, well, I said the prayer, I said it, and you just keep living your life and think that you're going to get to heaven. You are deceived according to the scriptures, right? And this is why Paul would come out and say this stuff, right? Because God doesn't want people to be deceived, right? You have to live a holy lifestyle. And people read it in the Bible. Somebody say, oh, I read the Bible three times. Oh, yeah? Well, why are you living the way you're living? Because you glossed over. People gloss over the stuff that is, it's, uh, it's unpleasant to them. It's, it's unpalatable, right? It's scary, right? You mean to tell me that I said the prayer and that's not good enough? You're trying to tell me that I can, I can die and go to hell? Even though I went to church for the last 15 years, uh, yeah, you can. What? Like, people don't want to hear that. It's scary. 
right? And so they gloss over this stuff in the Bible. Their eyes read it, but it's almost like, yeah, I saw that. I didn't see that. One of my kids, when they was younger, they would do this thing where <laughs> they would do this thing where they would do something. They knew they wasn't supposed to do it. And then we would look at her. Yep. We look at her <laughs> and be like, um, why you do so and so? And she would say, I didn't see me do that. She would look. She would put her head down. I didn't see me do that. And we'd be like. Now, you better stop that lying. You know you did that. Stop stop lying, right? Just be honest. Yes, I did it. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Dad. I did do that. Okay, don't say you didn't see you do that. You did see you do that. Your eyes was open. You was the one that did it, right? And that's what Christians do, right? And not non-Christians, we're not even going to bring them. But actually, honestly, non-Christians are a lot better than Christians sometimes because they don't try and gloss over it and act like they're holy when they're really not. And a lot of times, non-Christians will just be like, yeah, I did it, and? Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, I stole that. Yeah, I cheated on my wife. Yeah, I beat my wife. I did this. They'll just say it, right? There's no, they don't have any need to cover up and try and act like they're holy or act like they're godly. But people that go to church, they will do it. They will do it. So that's why a lot of times Jesus would go to a certain place, right? And the ungodly people, they would repent. They received the word. But then the people in the church, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and whatever, they would not receive it because they had this air of self-righteousness. Who are you to tell us? You know, we've been going to church. We've been studying the scriptures. Who are you? You know, you're 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 the son of a carpenter. Right. Say, like, uh, OK, you're going to miss out then. Right. So, again, you have to choose to live a holy lifestyle. And if you don't do that. If you don't do that, then what happens is you're going to get deceived when you stand before judgment day. All right. So let's go to the next scripture. So I said we got a lot of scriptures today. We got a lot of scriptures. Okay. So there's that scripture. And then the next one. Here we go. Okay. 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 The scripture says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is Philippians 4, 8, right? And there's a scripture that says, don't put any vile thing before your eyes. So think about this. Okay, so we're kind of building something here, right? We talked about holiness. Paul talked about presenting yourself as a sacrifice unto God, right? Something that is holy and pleasing and acceptable, right? We talked about that, right? He tells you what to focus. See, God is so good. He tells you what to focus on, right? Think about these things, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He's telling you what to think about. Why? Because everything in this world is contrary. It's like you're living on Mars. You're a human being. You're living on Mars and you are attempting to breathe an atmosphere that is 100 times thinner than the atmosphere on Earth. You will not last. You will perish. So Christian man, Christian woman, Christian boy, Christian girl, you have to approach every day with an understanding, right, that you are living essentially on a hostile planet, a planet with an atmosphere that is not conducive to supporting human or rather Christian life. Every day you have to come with that understanding. And if you don't, then what happens is you get deceived, right? You get deceived to thinking that because they're walking around the world, they're walking around and they're doing it and they're laughing and it looks like they're having such a good time and you think that it's okay. You don't understand. Those people are basically dead already. They're walking. They're walking dead, right? They're, they're basically dead already. Why? Because they don't know the son of God. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. So when they die, they will be judged, right? 
Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly, right? You might have it to the full. So if somebody knows Christ, they have life and they have life more abundantly. So what's the converse? What is the opposite of that? If somebody does not know Christ, they don't have life. And if you don't have life, then you are dead. Sure, these people have the breath of life in them, right? But they don't have the light of life in them. They don't have Jesus. Okay, so how do you breathe? The, the article said if we were ever to send humans or a astronauts to Mars, then they would have to bring their own oxygen supply with them. Okay, and it's the same thing for you as a Christian brother, for you as a Christian sister, right? If you are going to live on this planet, right? If you're going to live on this planet, then you have to be aware this planet, it, it, the atmosphere is toxic to you as a Christian. And that means every day, every day you have to bring your own oxygen supply. Any person that has ever went diving understands this, right? Anybody that was ever a firefighter understands this when i was in the navy for a time i was a trainer i was a master training specialist right so one of the courses that i taught was actually a firefighting course we had a firefighting simulator and we had a flooding simulator for the submarine sailors right because the time to practice and get up to speed is not when the emergency is going on if you've never practiced you understand if you've never practiced and got ready for something and now the emergency happens, that's not the time to be like, oh, I, I sure hope we can do it. No, you ain't going to do it because you ain't ready for it. You haven't been trained for it. You haven't been conditioned for it. OK, so in the firefighting trainer, there's plenty of fire and there's plenty of smoke. And, you know, very, very quickly, if you do not have your breathing apparatus on. If you don't have your breathing apparatus on, you are going to have to leave that compartment. You'll have to leave the compartment, right? Why? Because that compartment is not conducive to sustaining life very long, right? Less than a minute, you're going to be out of there. You, you, can't, you can't breathe in a smoke-filled environment. And it's not just that it's smoke, but it's everything that goes into making smoke. When something is on fire and you see that smoke, the, 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 the smoke that you're breathing is actually comprised of, of dangerous gases, dangerous chemical gases, right? And, and so you're not breathing oxygen anymore, right? <laughs> you're breathing some byproducts of things that are, you know, you know, as, as, they, de as they combust, right? They combust and, and they're, they're being broken down from their materials into baser elements to feed the fire. And what you're getting is that smoke is the byproduct of those things being broken down, which is toxic to human life. That's why everybody knows if somebody's going in the fight of fire, they have breathing devices. They have a breathing apparatus with them. Otherwise, they will die and they won't be able to help the people that they went in to help. You feel me? So how does this pertain to you as a Christian? OK, Christians, we're called to be the salt of the earth, right? You're called to be the salt of the earth and to point others to Christ, to show people God's goodness in your life. But if you're trying to move about on this planet, this ungodly planet where Jesus himself said that Satan is the God of this world, you are deceived. What's going to happen is you're going to be overcome and you're going to succumb to the toxicity and all the poison that is in the atmosphere on this world, right? And you won't be in a position to help somebody else. Maybe, you know, you, you see your, your mom or your dad or your, your, your siblings or even your spouse or whatever, your neighbors, right? You see them in certain situations and you understand that, oh man, you know, I know the devil is oppressing them. I know that's the devil. So you don't forget this stuff. You don't forget right? You still have the Bible inside of you, the things that you read, you'll still have that knowledge. Oh, that's the devil. But guess what? You can't go talk to them. They ain't going to listen to your witness. Why? Because you live your life just like they live their life. There's no difference. 
So why would they listen to you? They're not going to listen to you. And the spirits that are behind those people are going to be like, he need to shut up. He ain't even you. You already know how he lived his life. Girl, you know how she lived her life. Who's she talking to? I know she ain't talking. Right. I know he ain't talking. Remember, you did X, Y and Z. Right. That's what's going to come up. Them demons don't want to let go of those people. And guess what? If you or I have been walking in that toxicity, we've been breathing the ungodly environment and we've been putting things in front of ourselves that are not godly. Then we poisoned ourselves. Right. And we've made ourselves unsalty. The salt is no good. If the salt loses the saltiness, it's no good for anything except to be trampled on the foot by men. You're not good for anything. then, Okay. So you have to remember this, right? If you're not setting yourself apart, if you're not breathing on purpose, a godly, uh, you know, setting out a, a godly environment for yourself to live in, then you're not going to be able to help anybody else, right? Because you're going to be living the same ungodly environment that the people that you want to reach out and help are living. In other words, you're not going to be able to help them. There'll be no difference. There'll be no difference. Okay. And even if you look at it from a, from a thermodynamics point of view, right? You know, I was, I did nuclear engineering for a while and refrigeration and all that stuff. And so there's, there's thermodynamics, right? Right. You know, heat transfer, fluid flow and all of this stuff. And one thing that you'll see, which occurs in nature, but also occurs spiritually is that, you know, things flow from the greater to the lesser. So like, you know, if you have something, you have a system that has a greater pressure, the system, if they, if you connect two systems together, the pressure that's greater is going to flow to that that's lesser, right? Or if you have power, right? So let's talk about the Lord. Or if you have a car, hey, this car, you can't start the car. Oh, I need a jump. Can somebody give me a jump, right? Oh, the battery's dead. Well, the battery has a greater charge you know, one battery has a greater charge than the other. There's a lesser charge. And so that charge is going to flow from the greater source to the lesser source. It also works the same way spiritually, right? So if you're connected to Jesus, Jesus is God. Jesus is the source. Not any other God. Jesus is the source. So if you, brother and sister in Christ, if you are connected to Jesus, and if you are not living your life like everybody else around you, then you are connected to that power source. And the greater source, and the scripture says, greater is he that is with you than he that is in the world. The, the source, the power that is greater is going to flow to the lesser. So God's power will be able to flow to you. You're the vessel. You're the conduit for the Lord, right? And when you come across someone that's in need, someone that doesn't know God or someone that says they know God, but they really don't know God and they need that jump. They need that jump start, right? Because you've been living your life in a godly way, in a holy way. In other words, you brought your own breathable atmosphere with you throughout the day and every day. You're able to help those people. Think about this on an airplane, right? What happens in an airplane? They say, oh, if the plane is going down. You know, the oxygen masks come out of the ceiling, right? What do they always say? Parents, put your mask on first and then help your children. Why? Because if you lose, if the part, if the compartment is depressurized, the cabin is depressurized and the parents pass out. Why? Because they can't breathe in that environment anymore. The air is too thin up there to support normal respiration, right? If you pass out, guess what? You're no good. You can't help your child. You can't help the person next to you. And it is the same way spiritually, right? So again, if you want to help somebody, you need to stay connected to Jesus, who is the real power source. He will flow. His power will flow from the greater until the lesser. That's how it works. That's how it always works. Okay. So keep that in mind. All right. So let's go to the next scripture. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, that is the last scripture. That is the last scripture, right? I was, oh, there, there, there it is, there it is. Oh, excuse me, okay. Psalm, Psalm 103, verse three. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. The deeds of faithless men I hate, they will not cling to me. So what does that mean? I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Well, right off the bat, we know something that's vile. All right, hold on, let me just pull this up right quick. Y'all gonna make me go to Webster's and pull it up. I know what it means, but let's see what the dictionary's definition is. 
vile is something that is morally despicable or abhorrent, something that is physically repulsive and foul, of little worth or account, tending to degrade, disgustingly or utterly bad, obnoxious, contemptible, right? So what does that mean? So obviously, like, something that is vile, obviously pornography is vile. God never created humans to be having sex for everybody else to watch and having sex with somebody that's not your wife. That is vile in the eyes of God. Man says it's a great thing. But what man says is irrelevant. It's what God says. God says that is vile and it is wicked. So if you're watching that, if you're watching movies that may not be pornography, but, you know, there's some sexual immorality, you know, they got the tight shirts and they're fooling around and touching and this to God, that is vile. Now, I'm a man. Right. So in my younger days, you know, to me, that was acceptable. And the world will tell you that's acceptable. Why? Because you're a red blooded American man. Or I know this podcast is going on in many different countries. So whatever country you're in, you know, they will tell you in that country, hey, you're a man. It's natural. Yeah, it's natural to look at a woman. You're a man. If you're a heterosexual man, that's natural, right? But Jesus said, if you lust after a woman, it's the same thing as committing adultery. And in other words, in the spirit, if you lust, if you're looking lustfully to have, you, you wish you could have sex with that person, in the spirit, you did have sex with that person. The Lord says that's vile. It's adultery, right? You don't want to be looking at no evil stuff, things where people are being very violent and they're cursing and doing all types of stuff. That's vile, right? So what you have to do if you're a Christian, and you know, this podcast is for mature Christians. But even if you're a baby Christian, guess what? You can't listen to what everybody else says, right? You can't listen to what everybody else says because everybody else doesn't really believe in God like you believe in God. If you're really saved, if you really belong to Jesus, you can clearly look and see the world that you live in is a fallen world. People do whatever they want to do. They say whatever they want to say. They sleep with whoever they want to sleep with. It's all right. We're going to turn up. YOLO. You only live once, right? They do their thing. And because the world says that's acceptable, they just follow along with the rest of the world. But see, what you don't, they don't understand is that the whole world is just, the Bible says there's a narrow path. There's a narrow path. So you have all of these people on a narrow path moving forward into eternity. They don't even realize it. They're just moving forward. They're doing what everybody else is doing. They're doing what the world says was acceptable. But then at a certain point, they realize the bridge is out. When is the bridge? Your life is going to end. One day your life is going to end and you're going to be judged before God. And see, the problem is when they get to that point, you know, sometimes you realize like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Sometimes you just die real fast. I had a good friend of mine who was not living right. We grew up together. It, it turned out actually he was cheating on his wife as he went out coming back from cheating on his wife. He was drunk driving and got ejected from the truck. He ran into something, got ejected, flew through the windshield, bam, died, immediately died, right? He didn't plan on dying that day. For the most part, nobody plans on dying when they get up in the morning. Unless you had like some long-standing medical thing, you don't plan on dying. If you're a young person, young people think, yeah, I'll, I'll probably die when I'm like 80 or 90, man. That's a long time. But you know what? You don't know. You don't know. And so it's important, right? If you say you're a Christian, you have to live like a Christian. You can't say you're a Christian and then live like your friends that's out drinking and smoking and clubbing it up. And having sex with whoever they want to have. You cannot do that. Christian. You cannot do that. And I don't care if they tell you it's okay. The Bible says it's not okay. Don't do it. Don't conform. Right? What the scriptures say? The first one I read. Be ye not conformed to the standards of this world. Be ye not conformed to the standards of this world. Let's look up the word standard right quick. Y'all know I'm Scrabble, man. I know these definitions, but I, for y'all's sake, I'm going to go ahead and look it up. I just want to help y'all. I'm just trying to help y'all. All right. So anyway, uh, standard, standard, uh, this Bible, this uh, dictionary, I tell you, every time you touch a particular word, it brings up another definition. Hold on a second. Standard, something established by authority, custom, or general consent as a model or example, criterion, right? Criterion, 
Something set up and established by authority as a rule for the measure of quantity, weight, extent, value, or quality. Okay? Do you see that? Something, let's go back to the first one. Something established by authority, custom, or general consent. It's a criteria. So the general consensus of the nation says this thing is okay. It's okay to watch porn. It's okay to have sex uh, before you get married. It's okay to be gay and to marry. It's, it's okay to do these. The society accepts that. That's their standard. But the Bible said, be ye not conformed to the standards of this world, right? I go back again, Romans 12, 1, 2, and we're coming to a close. Therefore, I urge you, brothers. He's saying, I urge you. I'm, I'm pleading with you. I'm begging with you. He's talking to the Christians. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the Christians. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do you see that? Most of the times, we think on a very basic level that worship is just, it involves singing. Because that's what the church really tells us, right? Oh, that's how you worship. There's other ways to worship. True worship is how you live your life. It's how you live your life. As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And what does it say? This is your spiritual act of worship. And what comes right after that? Do not conform any longer. In other words, look, now that you understand that by the way you live your life, you're offering yourself up like that. Now that you understand that's what worship is. Listen, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, some versions say the standard of this world. Don't go by what everybody else is doing. Don't do it. But be transformed. Right? You grew up in that environment. You grew up in that atmosphere that time. You grew up in that world system doing the things that they did. Drinking the things that they drank. Lusting the, the way that they lusted. All of that stuff, right? But now he's saying, listen, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, see, there's that whole if-then thing. See, you do this if, if you conform, excuse me, if you do not conform to what this world has, right? Then, one, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, two, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. People say, well, how do I know God's will? Well, if you're not living right, you're not going to know God's will. Read the Bible. His will is in the Bible. If you live in right, then guess what? You will discern within the within your spirit through the Holy Spirit, right? Hey, 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 don't do that. He'll check you on the inside. Don't do that. Don't say that. You know, just like I got that check. It wasn't just that, oh, I'm so holy and great. I, I decided I'm going to keep my word to God. No, because the thought did occur to me seriously. Like, dude, you got to drive back home. That's almost an hour. And then you got to drive back almost another hour to go to the gym. Dude, that's two hours. The gym is you like five minutes away from the gym. Really? You know, that, that, that thought, I seriously entertained it. But what happened? The Holy Ghost happened, right? He convicted me on the inside. Don't do it. You know, that's not godly, right? You gave your word to live holy. You know what type of music inside of there. You're going to let that music permeate you and go into your spirit for a whole hour while you're working out and your resistance is down. Mike, don't do it. Boom. Like in an instant, you know, the Holy Spirit can talk to you like that. So, you know, if you're the Lord's, if you belong to the Lord and you've been training yourself and you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind, like in then in this situation, then I was able to test and approve what God's will was his good, pleasing and perfect will. And it was not for me to go up in that gym full of lust. It's a gym. There's no way around it. Right. But listen to that ungodly music singing about lust and singing about drugs and singing about violence and curses and everything else. Man, I don't need that. No, I can control that. One, I can control, you know, I can control whether my eyes lock onto something or whether they bounce off. I choose that. Oh, look at that girl. Oh, she's so fine. Bounce those eyes, buddy. You don't do a target lock. You bounce, you bounce, you bounce. You keep those eyes bouncing. No target locks, 
right? No target lock. Just like, you know, there's a heat-seeking missile. Miss, target acquired. Target is locked on, right? Nah, nah, nah. And what do you do? What do the planes do? They keep veering and barreling and rolling, right? So the missile can't get a target lock. You have to do the same thing with your eyes, right? Don't let your eyes lock target, okay? Simple as that. So it's like, okay, even though I didn't have my headphones, I already know that that technique, that, 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 uh, that behavior, right, that practice, I don't let my eyes lock on, right? I know that no target lock today, buddy, in Jesus' name. But guess what? You're working out. Your resistance is down. You ain't really focused on weeding, keeping stuff out of your mind. I'm lifting weights. I'm, uh, I'm trying to do this. That music is going in and it's planting seeds on the inside of you. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, right? So anyway, right? This is why I came on today, right? I still haven't gone to the gym because when I was at home and I got my headphones, I realized I need to make this podcast and put this bad boy out, right? This is spiritual warfare. This is warfare. This is stuff, honestly, that mature Christians should know, but they really ain't teaching the church. So a lot of mature Christians, they don't know it. And baby Christians, you don't got to learn it like I learned it the hard way and went through everything, did all of the wrongs. You don't have to learn like that. Hey, 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 listen, put it into practice. Okay, put it into practice, okay? So anyway, there it is. Remember, you are living in a fallen world. It's toxic to you as a Christian. And Jesus said, remember, right? If the world hates you, it hated me first. And the world does hate you because you're a Christian. Don't get it twisted. They hate Christians. You want to talk about Jesus? That's the easiest way to get people like, oh, do please, please, right? But you could talk about any other religion and they won't shut it down. Oh, yeah, we're tolerant. We're tolerant. All religions are the same. But Christians, we boldly say all religions are not the same. All gods are the same gods. No, they're not. No, they are not. Right? They're not. And if somebody says that in my presence, I'm going to tell them in a nice manner. That's not true. Because I don't want them to be deceived. Okay? This is not the same. That's a lie from the devil to trick people. All religions are the same. They're all going to the same place. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. Be deceived. Right? But God is not mocked. Amen. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. Hey, hey, I love you guys with the love of the Lord. Okay? Remember, I just got to say it one more time. You are living in a fallen world. You are surrounded by people in a fallen state. Right? In an unregenerate state. If they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, like, really know him, they are open vessels for the devil. Okay? You, man of God, you, woman of God, you, boy of God, you, girl of God, you belong to Jesus. You cannot live like everybody else lives. You can't. You can no longer breathe. And that's the thing. See, you used to be able to breathe in this environment. That's what I, that's one part I missed. That's the part right there, right? He said, hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's the part. That'll help tie it up because somebody's going to be like, mm, something is missing. Let's go back to Romans 12, 1, 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in other words, you grew up in this toxic environment, in the world. You were born into the world. You, you breathed it. You, you, you could breathe in this toxic system. You, you could do it. But then once you come to Jesus, right, you were transformed. You were converted, right? The Bible says you, you, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You've been translated. You can no longer breathe what you used to breathe. You can't do it. It, it used to seem like it was life to you. But now when you do it, you clearly know it's death. Here's a quick here's a quick backstory. Y'all like, oh, my goodness, another backstory. Yep, another backstory. Check this out. So after I got saved, I think, man, I think this was like my 20. Uh, I think this was like my 
23rd or my 24th birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was 23. I was either 23 or 24. And I was already at that time almost homeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So I was already out of the military. That's right. Because my friend was married. So I was already out of the military. And yeah, I was staying with them. So I was already doing the homeless thing. So that means I had to have been, I had to have been 24. I think I was 24 at the time, right? Almost 25. And they saw I was like really down, right? Because I was dealing with all of that stuff. You know, my ex-wife had the drugs and, you know, we're separate, all, all of this craziness. So they said, oh yeah, matter of fact, this was during the time that me and her was separated. That's right. So they saw that I was really down. So they're like, hey, you know what? Let's take Mike out to this club. There was a, a club in Waikiki, which used to be called The Wave. It was real a real famous club. And they were real famous for their this one particular drink called a Long Island iced tea. It was a huge drink and it was very strong. Now, when I wasn't saved, did I like going to the wave? I sure did. Did I like getting me that Long Island iced tea? I sure did. Tried to drink two, three, four of them if I could, right? I know my 21st birthday, I remember going to the wave and I drank, I drank, and I drank those Long Island iced teas, let me tell you. Okay, and they weren't in a little small glass. They was huge. But that was before I was saved. Then after I got saved, like I said, my two friends that I was staying with, it was a husband and wife, they said, let's take Mike out. Yeah, let's take him out. So they said, hey, we're going to take you out tonight to the wave. You can't say no. Right? You got to get out. You got to kind of pick yourself up and stop being depressed, right? Okay, okay. But I really didn't feel like going. But I was like, okay. So I went with them to the club. And the music, I mean, it was the same club that it always was. The music was live. You know, everything was cool. You know, the women was there. The Long Island Ice Tees was there. Everything was there. And that was the same. But you know what had changed? I had changed. See, I had been converted. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. I read the scripture, but I didn't really understand that it really did happen. I really wasn't the same. So it's like, yeah, you was a dog, but now you came to Christ and now you've been transformed. Now you're a cat, so to speak. In other words, right? You're a totally different animal. It's not like, hey, you was a Doberman pincher and now you're a German shepherd. No, you have been transformed. If you, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. So even though, and as I started this podcast, so I shall end it. So even though you look, you might look the same. You might sound the same to your friends. They think you the same. Your family thinks you the same person that came out the womb, but you are not. If you came to Christ, you have been converted and you're not the same anymore. So the old things that you used to do, the old things that you used to desire, you're going to find not all of them, but many of those desires, they're going to be gone. Replaced by something new. So my friends took me to that nightclub. They took me to the wave. They're dancing, having a good time, husband and wife. And I'm like, uh, okay. I was not enjoying myself, right? I didn't, I wasn't going to drink. I didn't drink alcohol anymore. So it's like, uh, I don't want that. I think they even did buy me a Long Island Ice thing. I think I drank like a sip or two and I was like, I want that, you know, I, I waited. I think I stayed there for like an hour and I said, look, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to bum you guys out. You guys are having a great time. But honestly, I I don't want to be here. Like, I can't do this anymore. I, I, it's, it's not fun to me anymore. Honestly, this is not working. I'd rather be just, you know, I'd rather be like reading my Bible or something like that, honestly, which was the truth. So they're like, OK, no problem. No problem. We'll leave. We'll finish this dance and then we'll leave. So my point is this. You grew up in the toxicity you grew up breathing this polluted environment that satan has created on this world but then when you come to christ right you've been transformed right and if you've said the prayer and you you spent time reading your bible or you go to church but you're still doing the same things you used to do hey then i encourage you right Stop doing that. Don't live the same way everybody else is living because the Bible says you're going to get the same punishment that everybody else gets, right? Be ye transformed. Remember, 
You're a new creature. You can't breathe that environment anymore. So you may be doing certain things right now. Some of you that's listening to me, you may be doing certain things that you've always done and you can't understand why it's just not enjoyable to you anymore. Why it's not pleasurable to you anymore. Well, this is why, because you're not the same person that used to do it. You've come to Christ and now you're a new creature. You can't breathe that atmosphere anymore. You just can't. Now you have to bring your own oxygen with you, just like those astronauts going to Mars. You now have to bring your own atmosphere with you. So when I go to the gym, why did I go home? I went home because I cannot breathe in that atmosphere in that gym. I went home to get my own oxygen. So then I can go back into that Martian environment, into that Martian atmosphere, and I can breathe just fine. Why? I got my own atmosphere. I got music that is talking about the word of God. They're singing scriptures. They're singing. They're praising God. Like, this is good. It's life-giving and life-sustaining. That's well worth going back home to get. You wouldn't jump in the water and be like, I'm going to go scuba diving. But you don't have your air. You know, I left my air at home. You would turn back. I left my scuba tanks at home. You would turn back to go get those scuba tanks. Because you already know, child of God, you cannot breathe water. You will die. Okay? Now that, <laughs> that's going to finish up. I knew something was I was like, something is missing, Lord. That was the missing piece. Okay, that's it. So listen. Hey, I love you guys with the love of the Lord. Remember. Always, always, always submit yourself unto God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.